calling all lovers of mystery and fans of a good story. If you haven't already heard me talk about June's journey, you're in for a treat. It's time to don your detective hat in this free hidden object mobile game that delves into the captivating journey of June Parker, a self-proclaimed detective on a quest to unravel the mystery surrounding her sister's untimely death. In June's journey, you get to play as June, deciphering clues and unveiling secret plots within thousands of beautifully illustrated scenes. And did I mention it's set in the glitzy 1920s? New chapters are added weekly, so you will never run out of new thrills to uncover, and you can also personalize and decorate your very own Orchid Island where the story takes place. How sharp are your detective skills? Find out when you download June's Journey on your Android or iOS device, or play online via Facebook games. Your detective journey awaits. Welcome to My Vagina, this is Jesse Karen. And I'm Rebecca Frank, and here we are again having our current <laughs> historical, hysterical, infuriating conversation about our lives as vagina-having organisms. All content made up on the spot, but probably researched. Just kidding, you fools, it's definitely researched. Oh, hey there. We're here with Zoe Bean today, and we're going to talk to her about what it's like to be a woman tattooer. How are you? I'm good. I'm nervous. Don't be nervous. I'm very excited to talk to you guys. (laughs) Do you want to tell us a little bit about how you got started tattooing? Mm. Um, Sure. Uh, So I was teaching college, and I was teaching art, and um, was not surviving financially in New York City um, because they don't pay teachers anything and so I was adjunct for uh, seven years because there is no tenure track for college professors anymore and so I was bartending also Hmm. and I was working like 100 hours a week and then I was also expected to show work and publish and all the things that they Mm -hmm. expect college professors to do and I hated it. I was getting tattooed a lot and my boyfriend at the time was learning to tattoo and he had been the floor guy at the shop where he was working and he was ready to stop being the floor guy to start tattooing and he's like do you want to pick up a couple shifts like being the floor guy you could stop bartending what's a floor guy it's like the assistant at the shop oh cool it's like the person who like talks to clients and sets up and breaks down and just kind of is general helper okay And I liked being at the shop more than anywhere else. Mm. And so I started doing that. And after a while, um, I just, my my husband, who was my boyfriend at the time, he, when we were getting together, he was really, really shy. And his whole thing was like, I'm not going to talk to you, but if you want to come back to the tattoo shop and tattoo me at like three o'clock in the morning after we've had some drinks, like that would be cool. And I was like, so I did my first like three (laughs) or four tattoos on him. Mm-hmm. I was about to ask, like, yeah. how you do the first one. I mean, everybody's, like, that's not necessarily the typical story, right, right. probably. <laughs> um, but, um, but I did my first few tattoos on him, and I really liked it. And I knew pretty quickly that I wanted to learn how to tattoo, and I didn't want him to teach me. Because I didn't want people to think I had boned my way in. Like, right. I wanted credibility. Mm-hmm. And I knew as a girl, there weren't that many girls tattooing. Mm-hmm. And I knew that if I, if my boyfriend was the one who, like, got me in, then... I would never be taken seriously mm-hmm. because that's just how it works. Yeah. And so uh, it took me probably a year and a half. It took me a while to find someone to teach me because no one wanted to teach me because my boyfriend was a tattooer. And it was like we don't want to touch the girlfriend of, you know, because we can't be mean to her. Right. 
So how um, did you finally, who finally taught you? A gentleman taught me who ended up uh, opening a shop. Mm-hmm. Like the unspoken old school rules of tattooing are you don't teach someone to tattoo until you own your own shop. Okay. And so he, a guy we were working with, was leaving the shop we were at to open his own shop, and all of the artists there were leaving with him. And he's like, now that I'm going to own my own shop, I can apprentice you. And I was like, cool. Great. And so he apprenticed me. Mostly he hung out at the bar while I didn't really learn much. And then um, <laughs> and then I... Just threw out of the nest, basically. I mean, <laughs> the first, the first like, official tattoo I ever did... Uh, he stood next to me for the first like three minutes. I pulled like one line and he looked and he said, okay, cool. You got this. I'll be at the bar if you need me. And I was kind of like, oh, holy shit. Like I so don't got this. But, oh my God. But I was lucky because I worked with some great artists who were very generous with their time. And so I had help from other people. What did the person that you were tattooing yeah, say? Right. I mean, anyone who like, they who's know. getting tattooed by someone who is an apprentice right. kind of gets what they signed up for. You know, I did free tattoos for the first year and it's okay. like... You can't. So this was when MySpace was a thing, and I put on MySpace that I was offering free tattoos, and I got like 200 responses in the first like two days, and wow. it was like, I would like a back piece. I'm like, I'm sure you would. <laughs> like, <laughs> like I'm looking to do like hand sized tattoos, like yeah. not on your hand, but like yeah. hand sized tattoos, mm-hmm. and um, a <laughs> lot of people were like, Yeah, let's do that. Yeah. So, um, so I practiced on willing and a lot of other tattooers because tattooers like there's a pay it forward kind of thing where it's like you have to practice on somebody. So I did, I tattooed my husband a ton that first year I was tattooing and he's very proud of those horrible tattoos. He loves (laughs) to show them to everyone. He's like, oh yeah, my wife's a tattooer. Check it out. I'm like, you're a jerk. (laughs) I'm like, please put your leg away. Put it away. And he won't let me touch any of those tattoos now. He's like, no, they're amazing. They're horrible. You know, those people I tattooed in the first year, I put this out there recently that, like, if you got tattooed by me the first couple years I was tattooing, especially when I was an apprentice, if you'd like for me to fix those tattoos now, I would be happy to do that because the idea that they're out there kind of keeps me awake at night. I like it's more for me than yeah, you. Yeah, I mean, they, those are tattoos that have my name on them. Oh, Lydia, oh, Lydia, that encyclopedia. Oh, Lydia, the queen of tattoo. On her back is the Battle of Waterloo. Beside it, the wreck of the Hesperus, too. And proudly above waves the red, white, and blue. You can learn a lot from Lydia. Uh, well, how long have you been in the industry? Um, I have been in the industry for 14 years. Right? Wow, that feels wrong. Um, <laughs> I don't even want to ask if you've experienced sexism or discrimination in the tattoo world because, like, where yes, of course. do women not feel that in any workforce? Yeah, I mean, yeah. but is ta- there anything in particular about the tattoo industry? Like, well, tattooing is having its own Me Too moment right now, which really? is really interesting. Um, so, cool. for forever, I would imagine, um, there's this power dynamic in tattooing where, as a client, you are very vulnerable you are in some state of undress you are often laying on a table and you are often being tattooed by a dude who's substantially larger than you are who's hurting you and I have seen I mean when I was really young and getting tattooed I saw so much like horrible behavior that I did nothing about because I was so young and scared and didn't really know how to address stuff Mm. and then as I got older I saw horrible things and became very disliked because I would say stuff. Mm-hmm. And I got labeled as like, you know, crazy feminist. Like, of course. Oh, yeah. You yeah. know, or angry. I was like, why are you so angry? Bitch, why are you, yeah. Nazi. Yeah. Why are you yeah. so unhappy? Like, we just want people to work with that are happy. 
I'm like, well, I'd be less happy if you would stop like assaulting your clients right. in front of me. And like the clients don't seem to mind. I'm like, well, they're not really in a position. Like if you're mid tattoo Mm. and someone is tattooing you and they do something inappropriate, it's from a client perspective, it's real hard to vocalize that because you're very vulnerable and you're also like in the midst of getting something permanent and you're Mm -hmm. invested in the outcome. So you're in a really vulnerable position. Um, So now there's tattooers who have done horrible things like way beyond just like mild like taking advantage where they're like getting girls to take off more clothes than they really need to and taking pictures of them it's like what like that's like mild like what like there there's a tattooer who's being called out on the internet who's been accused of like flat out rape like by clients and he's been accused by over 20 women and he's still working like he still has a place to work which blows my mind it's like how can you be a shop owner and be aware that you have a predator working for you and still be like, yeah, this guy's okay? Because and we've seen so many times. I mean, I spend so much time thinking about how much each of our voices are worth, mm-hmm. you know, and like how many of us it takes to equal one talented or powerful person. And well, who's a man? Right, exactly. Yeah. And, and, you know, how much how much clout they have and how... Uh, how ma- male careers seem to be basically immune to to real ruin, and the people that end up getting affected are the ones that call them out in the first place. Yesterday, um, I saw on Instagram. There's this um, woman who's her Instagram is like the Sweet Feminist. Yeah, and she makes cakes. Yeah, you know we, this woman. Yeah, we have her. I love her. I posted oh. her and she follows I, I us. Love, I love her. Best. She's the best. <laughs> and she posted this whole thing about Louis C.K. How he is on like a a like I don't know relaunch tour of his career and she's like you don't get to do these things and then go away for a year with your millions of dollars lay low and then come back to like standing ovation ovation before you open your mouth it's at the same place where you were assaulting people like this is not like but society basically says like he's done his time he's been punished enough and there's no consequences Mm -hmm. and so at least in tattooing now what's happening with social media is that you do something and there are a couple of female tattooers that have been really aggressive about calling people out. My mm-hmm. my partner is one of them, and she's, um, I mean, she's just like nails, like she's relentless, and she's like, no, fuck this guy, like fuck this guy, he's a pervert, he's a scumbag, like do not get tattooed by him, don't give him your money, because ultimately right. that's how you really punish someone, like stop mm-hmm. giving him your money. Right. Yeah. Like at the end of the day, if he doesn't have anybody lining up to get tattooed, then he can't hurt anybody. So did the, is this part of why you decided to open your own shop? It was. I mean, part of, I mean, a big part of our motivation was we wanted to create a safe space that we could control. Mm-hmm. So like not just for ourselves, but for our clients. We have mm-hmm. a lot of trans clients. We have a lot of LGBTQ clients. And we have a lot of women that we tattoo. And we never wanted a client of ours. Like, so I can control my, the kind of experience that I give a client. But mm-hmm. what's happening in the shop around them I have no control over and there were conversations like peripheral conversations about things like pronouns that were happening in the shop 
around trans clients that what made them visibly uncomfortable. And I would never want a client to be in a situation where they have to experience that kind of conversation. Like it should be known that if I'm going to come to this space and I'm going to make myself vulnerable, that I can trust you to take care of me. Mm -hmm. yeah. And so we wanted to create a space that really allowed us to control things like that. And so we have, it's the two of us working there. Uh, my partner's name is Drew Linden. She's badass. And, and we have guests and they're like incredibly well curated mm -hmm. so like we're choosing people we know really well and we know that they're going to kind of respect our our vibe and yeah. make sure that it stays a safe space and like the mission of the shop that's awesome yeah yeah it's cool it's pretty awesome it feels real good in there yeah. like it's yeah. really exciting to go there like and it feels safe and have like yeah. every experience tailored to that individual well and i think also people feel really good in there like yeah. people come in there and they're excited like, I think you can feel it as soon as you walk in, and people are pretty stoked to be there. I want to go. So. I know. <laughs> you guys come. It's I want to get a tattoo now. This is how we, this is yeah. how we get you. I know. <laughs> we'll make you feel safe. You're like, oh, okay. <laughs> cool. It's so crazy. It's so simple. <laughs> it, it's amazing that that's a unique thing, though. Right? Yeah. Like that, it, and it takes women to do that because mm -hmm. men don't seem to care. I don't, I, you know, I mean, so I live in a house. I, I live in a house with men. I have a husband, I have a son, and my husband is a tattoo artist and he is a totally solid guy and does right by his clients and you know does right by women in general mm. but it just it's one of those things where it's like how do you how do you exist in a space with men and and still facilitate that safe space and there are definitely are men that kind of toe that line but mm. I feel like there are few and far between at least in my experience well because you can still be a person who treats another person with respect and be either oblivious to the people around you or not be a good ally because it is difficult for most people to stand up to another person and be like what mm -hmm. you're doing is wrong like I know that this isn't my scenario or my situation but what you're doing to this person is wrong it's a really uncomfortable thing to do but I think like having a son is amazing because I have this small man to like mold and mm -hmm, teach mm -hmm. from a very like from the very beginning and so like it's amazing the lessons that we learn in kindergarten how easily they're forgotten don't touch someone without their permission mm -hmm. yeah like when someone says stop you stop right away like these are things that we teach kids mm -hmm. like when they're kid like tiny yeah and somewhere along the way boys unlearn all those lessons I literally walked up to one of my customers yesterday and I was like, excuse me six inch voice please my first grade teacher used to say that it'd be nice to have either one but it's like do i i really want a little boy so that i can change the narrative at least in one human being i mean <laughs> about it is, how you should treat people when we found out we were having a boy i was really relieved because mm. i think teenage girls are nightmares and and also i feel like and I've had this conversation with friends of mine, like being the mom of a daughter and like knowing what mm -hmm. the world looks like, there's just so much anxiety. Mm -hmm. And like, obviously there's a lot of anxiety having a boy also, but I feel like I can equip my son to not be a predator, like not yeah. be an asshole, be an yeah. ally to women, like, right. and in a way that I feel confident that he'll go out into the world and be a good guy, yeah. hopefully. And yeah. then with like little girls, you have to juggle this constant battle of wanting to protect everything that they do, but also not stifling them and, well, and also being a teach boss. Them, yeah, teach them the world is a dangerous place without mm -hmm. like killing all of their like enthusiasm for right. everything. Yeah. yeah. And yeah. like there's like that balance. And we were talking about this earlier, just this idea that, you know, so much responsibility is placed on women in general to keep themselves safe or to make sure that they 
uh, no self-defense or to protect their friends or, you know, and how frustrating that is because it's not, we shouldn't be tasked with protecting ourselves from other people's bad behavior, Mm -hmm. even though we have to be because if we, if we weren't, we'd all be fucked. Um, so it's literally, like, you know, yeah, totally. <laughs> yeah. So it's like thinking about how you would even raise a daughter to be active instead of reactive, you know, mm-hmm. trying to strike that. Like, how do you strike that balance right. when you're talking about stuff and to be like, you know, I want you to go out in the world and I want you to feel like you are owning the streets just as much as anybody else. And you're as deserving of success as anybody else and all of these other things while also being like, but be men safe, can be, be kind of yeah, be kind of careful. Yeah. But also, and, here's the pe- the pepper spray. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but and it's your like rape whistle. it's also like you want your kids to believe that the world is a magical place, like that it like anything is possible, and you don't want to rob them of that magic too young. Right. Yeah. I was curious because I have a lot of friends, and I personally think mostly girlfriends uh, that tell me because of their tattoos, feeling people feel entitled to grab you or yeah. touch you or lift up some part of your article, like clothing, yeah. without. Someone Your touched consent. me on the street outside on my way here tonight. Wow! Um, a gentleman, I was uh, putting That's money so in the I was putting money in the meter as you do when you're parking, yeah. and um, so I was standing at the meter and I, like, naively wasn't paying attention to the people around me because I was focusing on what I was doing. Yes, this is your fault. <laughs> and, <laughs> and I'm I'm wearing a skirt and my legs are completely tattooed. And this guy came up behind me and pulled up the back of my skirt oh, and touched my leg. my God. And I... Did you kick him? I didn't kick him, but wow. at my reaction, I treat people that do that like they're my son's age. <laughs> so I turned around and I was like, no, thank you. No, thank you. Like, what the fuck are you doing? Oh my like, God. you're wow. touching me and you're a stranger. You don't touch strangers. Like, really, like, you need to be told that I'm a stranger and you don't touch me. Because, like, if you're touching me without my permission, you're assaulting me. Like, what yeah. the fuck are you doing? He's like, oh, I'm just trying to give you a compliment. I'm no, like, no, usually we give compliments like, with our mouth. Yeah, like, you're like, not, you're scaring me, dude. Like, you're <laughs> touching me and you're a stranger. Not okay. But this happens, this happens all the time. And I hear this from, like, younger tattooed girls a lot. And I'm – this is, like, the most undressed I would ever be. Mm-hmm. Like, this is the most skin I would ever show. Like, I'm basically a never nude. Is it because of your tattoos? Uh, no, I've always been this way. Okay. Like, I've never met a cardigan I didn't like. Like, <laughs> I just – I'm, like, a person that likes to be clothed. Right. Um, but being tattooed has definitely heightened my – sort of self-consciousness because mm-hmm. people do react it's interesting like I hadn't been in Park Slope in a long time mm-hmm. and I got more attention here like this evening than I have in a while and I don't oh, that know what me. that's about but being heavily tattooed is not that unique anymore right, that's right. what I'm wondering and but it's still it's an invitation I mean I think anything you do to your appearance is an invitation for people to talk to you and generally I find that most people have excited curiosity or they're thinking about getting a tattoo and like that stuff I'm totally fine with you want to come up to me on the street and be like oh my god I'm really interested in your tattoos great fine like here's my card Mm -hmm. feel free to shoot me an email like we can talk but as soon as you put your hands on me or like the other thing I get a lot and I get this less as I get older but I got this a lot when I was younger it's like why would a young girl ruin herself with so (sighs) much stuff like, and it's always, like, that older white dude who mm-hmm. feels like it's okay to comment on choices, your appearance, like, all that stuff. And my response to that was always, like, well, I'm not really interested in being an ambassador to my life choices for you. Like, I'm right? not here for you. Like, fuck off. Like, no, I'm not going to tell you anything. Like, I don't have to justify anything that I do to you, a stranger on the subway. Right. 
but God, it happens nobody a lot. asks him to justify well his, i asked him yeah. I'm like why did you get that stupid fucking haircut like <laughs> do you want to talk about it like do you want to tell me like what your thinking was there because i don't understand how you could move through the world like that right like like if we're just going to comment on each other's right. appearance off the top of our head let's that do terrible that terrible comb is not fooling anybody right, like <laughs> you know like what the fuck but loafers <laughs> really but i feel like so my husband is if not more he's more tattooed than i am i think yeah, he's more tattooed than me. And his, like, neck is tattooed, but he is six feet tall and kind of looks like tattooed mm. Santa. So he's, like, a long white beard. And nobody nobody touches him without his permission ever. Right. Never. Yeah. N- people don't. I mean, and people are less likely to talk to him even about his tattoos. Or to ask tattoos. him why he did that to himself. Oh, never. That's never happened. Yeah. Unless it was, like, my dad. You know? Right, because he has control over his own decisions. Whereas, well, because like, he's a man. Exactly. Yeah. And so women have to make all of their decisions through the prism of, of culture and society. He's and definitely what been thinks. asked um, when we're together, uh, we were together and a dude was like, you let your girl look like this? <gasps> Yo. And he was like, he was like, well, she's she's in charge, so she decides. Ugh. Like, and he's he that's his response. Like, yeah. we had a contractor tell oh, us yeah. that he would prefer to deal with the man of the house. And my husband was like, well, look, she's going to write the checks. And so if you can't talk to her, then you can't work for us. So, like, yeah. you figure it out. And, like, Who like this man of yours? he's a good guy. Yeah, he's a good right? guy. Does he have a brother? <laughs> he doesn't. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. For years, um, my dad has been pressuring me to open a shop. He wanted me to have my own business. My dad feels like you're not financially independent until you own your own business is a big thing with him. Mm-hmm. But he was always, it was always like, well, when Sweetie's ready to open a business, you guys will let me know and I'll help you guys out. And it was kind of like, Sweetie's my husband. Why is it on him to decide when we're ready? Like, what if I want to open a business without him, which is what Mm -hmm. ended up happening. And my dad was kind of like, it took him a minute. Like, he was kind of like, oh, you're going to do this without him? How does he feel about it? I was like, you know, he feels great about it. He's super supportive. This is the right decision for our family right now. And we've obviously already had this conversation among the two of us. Right, like I don't make big life decisions (laughs) without talking to him. When you're in a relationship, you're a team. So you have conversations with people, but you, it would be more along the lines of, hey, I want to open up a shop. Like, let's make that work. Yeah. Not, I have to ask you right. for permission. Because no. that's no. not what a team is. It's like, hey, I want to do this thing. How can we support each other for that? Right. It's like, it's. I mean, the way our relationship always is, is like, this is going to put a strain on our family. Like, and this is what that could potentially look mm-hmm. like. Do you feel okay with taking on... Right. This extra burden that I'm going to basically force you to take on right now. How do we make it work? Right. And he's always like, yes, absolutely. Whatever you need. Like, because he's the man. How did you pick the name for your, like, can you tell us a little bit more about your studio and how you picked the name Um, and everything? So the studio is called the New Moon Studio. Mm -hmm. And um, my partner is super into astrology. And I am definitely I'm not not into it. I just don't know anything about it. And I've always been sort of uh, maybe shyly judgmental about like ooby groovy stuff. And so we were trying to come together with a name that worked for both of us. And one of the things that um, she has given to me is that my son and I, every day we set intentions. Mm -hmm. So like my son holds a piece of rose quartz and he talks about what he's going to do to make the day a great day. And it's often about like drinking lots of water. (laughs) He decided that that's what makes a great day. I mean, Um, yeah, he's he's going to drink lots of water and listen to his parents. Um, (laughs) 
Wow. Was that your? <laughs> no, I mean that because he knows that's like the big thing we talk about yeah. is like oh, okay. listening. Um, so, um, so she often talks about setting intentions around the new moon. Like at the very beginning of a cycle, you set your intentions and you, you want your intentions to be super positive. Mm-hmm. And so that felt to us like a really good place to start where yeah. it was like we were setting intentions to have this really positive space. And so it just kind of organically felt like the right thing name-wise. Awesome. Awesome. When I, yeah, when I read the name, I was like, that's like – so perfect for like a woman run studio just, yeah. it makes me think of like of like cycling and i, I don't know like acceptance and yeah. feminine divine well wow. have you ever stopped tattooing a man because they treated you a certain way yes uh when i was very new to tattooing i had a gentleman oh this guy was so disgusting um he was getting his arm tattooed and I had him in an armrest, uh, like in a chair with an armrest. And so he was like twisted where his arm was behind him. So he was facing away from me. And when you tattoo someone often, you're kind of straddling the armrest a little bit because you have to get really close to them. So like my legs were on either side of his arm and he kept trying to like grab me like between oh the legs. God. And I couldn't, initially I couldn't tell if he was doing it on purpose or it was like he was like twitching or like, like it was hard to tell if it was an intentional thing. And I had only been tattooing for probably like six months, like I was six months out of my apprenticeship. And I was working in like a really sketchy shop where I had like no support. And he did it like two or three more times when it became very apparent that he was doing it on purpose Mm -hmm. and I just took my my glove my one hand that I had gloves on and I just grabbed him by his fresh tattoo and like squeezed his fresh tattoo as hard as I can and like pushed him out of his seat and was like you're done like we're done and um yeah Yeah, but it was like it was uh, like I had so much adrenaline like I was so scared because Mm -hmm. he was so much bigger than me Mm -hmm. and I realized as soon as I like stood up that like he could get super pissed and just like beat the shit out of me yeah. or whatever. He could have a weapon on him. Who knew? Like I just, I just got really, really freaked out. And after that, I always had a hammer in my station, mm. which in retrospect probably wasn't the best weapon. But it felt like. And my husband and I talked a lot about my escape route. Like, what would I do in a situation where the sa- the shop was not a safe place? Where would I go? How would I get there? What like what was the plan? Because he was working, like, I was in the West Village. He was in the East Village. He's like, there's no way I'll get to you to to do anything to help you. So you have to figure out, like, where are you going to go? Because I was working, initially when I started tattooing, I was working the 4 p.m. to 4 a.m. shift. Jesus. And so, like, you know. I've seen so much shit. It's like crazy shit. I mean, I saw a woman get tattooed. So they put my station in the window of the shop because it was a novelty. It was a woman tattooing. And people could walk by and watch a woman tattoo people it was very exciting (laughs) and um so it was like being like a monkey in a zoo Mm -hmm. and um I was tattooing this woman she's laying on a table she was pretty drunk and there's a man outside like pressing his face up against the window and she gestured to him to come inside and he did and then he sat down next to her and they proceeded to talk and then they were like by the time I finished her tattoo they were basically like making out and she totally went home with him and I was like this woman is going to wake up in the morning with like a fresh tattoo in a strange man's bed like what the fuck happened to me like how did this happen to me but like 
And now I'm thinking about how I was looking through misconnections earlier. And I was like, what if that one came up? What fucked up you got a tattoo? <laughs> right. Like I, I got I picked you up while you were getting tattooed. Like a bunch of people in the tattoo industry were like, this is good. This is going to like toughen you up. Mm. And like in in retrospect, like I don't I don't want to be toughened up. Like, well, I mean, it's also like what so many people don't think about. And like what specifically what men don't think about is is what is an environment that will like quote unquote toughen up a dude is incredibly physically and emotionally unsafe for a woman. Like it's, right. it's beyond like, it's beyond like, oh, you'll figure it out. You'll learn how to be in the industry. It's like, no, we're going to actually put you in danger. And then, because that's what it, that's what no, it boils definitely. down to. And it's a, it's a totally different thing. And that's part of, I guess, being sort of like a pine, like a pioneer in your industry. I mean, I was definitely not a pioneer well, in I'm my industry. Well, I'm going to call you a pioneer. I was not. <laughs> there, were, there were women who were pioneers in my industry, right. and I was not one I of like them. I see a lot. I see a fair amount of women tattooing. Yeah, now, now I think that, like, tattooing is one of the interesting industries where because it's not a corporate thing and there is no structure, like, mm-hmm. it's not like, oh, you get promoted to this and then you get promoted to this. There are now a lot of women tattooing, and in a lot of ways now it's better to be a woman as a tattoo artist because women want to get tattooed by women. Mm-hmm. Men want to get tattooed by women. Mm-hmm. Like, it seems like it's much harder to be a guy tattooing now than it is being a woman. The tattooing has shifted towards a more customer service geared industry. People want, it's the tattoo is very important, but the experience is also really important, and they don't want to be in a CD shop, and they right. don't want to be intimidated, and they don't want to be treated like shit. They don't mm-hmm. want to be made to feel stupid. They want to have an experience where they walk away feeling like that was great. Mm-hmm. Like I felt heard and safe, and I got the tattoo mm-hmm. I wanted. And those all feel like small things, but as far as the way the industry has changed, it's a pretty big shift. Yeah. I have a poop emoji tattooed on me. Oh, like, my do God. Like, I had a really bad, I had a really bad week, you know, you need like, and sometimes adorable. you need to like change things around a little bit. Yeah. yeah. And so. sometimes it doesn't have to be that serious. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, I think the more tattooed you get, the less precious it becomes. And yeah. you just start being like, yeah, sure. Poop on me. <laughs> Maybe I should I should probably rephrase that. No. No. Nope. Never. <laughs> nope. Uh, you worked with a paramedical tattooer. Yes. Okay. Um Jesse. It's an areola reconstruction specialist. So like oh. uh I am just yeah, curious So after about someone's that. had a mastectomy, um there's generally the um the way a plastic surgeon deals with a mastectomy is that the nipple is removed and then the plastic surgeon will tattoo the nipple back on so they create scar tissue and then they tattoo over that scar tissue to reform so they're like basically manufacturing a nipple Mm -hmm. for someone who has lost their nipple but plastic surgeons do a lot of different things they don't have a lot of hours in the skin they don't really understand the way tattoo ink heals and how to match somebody's natural skin tone and so there are now tattoo artists who are learning how to do this, who are specializing in this. And, and Jesse Flora, who works at Eight of Swords, is one of them. And she's amazing. That's incredible. Yeah, she's amazing. Like, she's really an artist. And she's, you know, been tattooing for 15 plus years. And so she really understands how pigment, how pigment works in the skin. And so how to give someone the most naturalistic... Yeah. Oh my god, that must yeah. make people feel so good. I think it's also yeah, and I think it's like for some people, like taking that last step of reconstruction out of the doctor's office, yeah. it sort of makes it a it's a little bit more empowering. It's a little bit more like 
it's I don't know. There's something about coming to a tattoo shop versus coming to a doctor's office that just it feels way better to come to a tattoo shop. I'm sure they're a lot more empathetic than like the sterile feeling of a yeah. Hospital. I mean, I you know I like to think so. I my yeah. mom had breast cancer and she went through reconstruction and I know that that process is pretty brutal. Mm-hmm. So and the way Jesse's doing it, it's much it's just much kinder like it's much friendlier right and she also works in a hospital situation to do it but she also does it at the shop so that's so fucking cool i don't know what you know about any of this stuff we got a question from a listener named cole um and she was super super interested about different kinds of like genital piercing tattooing all this kind of stuff and she was wondering whether there's like a history of of tattooing like genital tattooing or if it's something that's come back more come around more recently now that tattooing in general is more acceptable or accepted I mean I don't know I don't know the answer to that like I can't say with with any certainty about what the history of genital tattooing is I know that as tattooing has kind of entered the mainstream things that people never would ask for before like face tattoos Mm -hmm. that was like no like Mm -hmm. you if you asked for a face tattoo you would be forcibly removed from the shop really yeah Yeah, like and it was like a sign of like mental illness like it was like (gasps) this is person is not right in the head because you know clearly they are insane enough to tattoo their face and now all these 20 somethings are getting their face tattooed so I think like as tattooing has entered the mainstream people have to be more and more outrageous to kind Mm -hmm. of push that envelope Mm. um I know that I've been asked to do genital tattoos for, since the very beginning of my career. Mm-hmm. Um, it was mostly creepy dudes in the beginning because I was like young right. girl and so, you know, you want me to touch your dick? Of course, that makes total sense. <laughs> That's yeah. like an extreme way to get a girl right? to touch your penis. Totally, and also a very unpleasant one. Yeah. And I have a $5,000 handling fee. So like, yeah, let's do it. Like, wow. come on. Me too. But, yeah. <laughs> that, feels right. that feels right to me. That feels totally right to me. Yeah. Um, but I've been asked by women to to tattoo different areas of their genitals. I've only done one genital tattoo and I did it on a woman who um, was a cover up and she was an abuse survivor and she had her ex's initials mm-hmm. and it felt, oh God. my husband actually did a cover up on a woman's genitals for exactly the same reason. Wait, I don't have... think she was an a, a abuse survivor, the person my husband tattooed, but, um, but it just felt like yeah. in that situation it was yeah. appropriate to do it. But in general, I would say no to most of that yeah. stuff. So you've never done a penis? I ha- I, I've never done a penis. Um, I, uh, <laughs> yeah, I should uh, um, ask that question differently. I mean, <laughs> I, think you a- I think you asked it perfectly. Um, I, have, uh, I have never tattooed a penis. No. <laughs> no. <laughs> There's always time. Yeah. I mean, right. I'm, I'm still relatively young. I mean, if someone wanted to spend the money, the, my issue with all tattoos of this nature, genital tattoos. I've never, I've seen many tattooed penises, sorry mom, and <laughs> I've never looked at one and thought, wow, that's beautifully artistic. Like what an incredible yeah. tattoo, what an incredible, like what a piece mm-hmm. of artistry that is. But I mean, I think like tattooing can be super transformative. And mm-hmm. I think like for women and, and for men also, but I find that this is definitely true for me is that in some ways you're claiming your body in a really specific way. You take ownership over your body, you get to decide what you look like and that for a lot of people is not the case and so like getting to say like okay well this part of my body that I'm not crazy about I get to decide what it looks like and maybe feel better about it I think that's amazing I feel like that becomes a bigger issue when you talk about genital tattoos because it feels like 
there could be bigger problems happening there. Not maybe not problems, but just like what is the motivation behind wanting to do this? And that's right. where my my hesitation always comes in. Have you ever uh, tattooed over C-section scars? Tons, tons of them. Um, I have one. It's awesome. Um, <laughs> yeah, there. I mean, scars. I've tattooed over all kinds of scars. Scars are really hard to tattoo over. The skin is super unpredictable. Mm. So, if I'm tattooing your body, for the most part, I can predict how your skin is going to react to being tattooed based on where it is on your body and what kind of skin you have. And most of that stuff I can sort of uh, deduce from experience and looking at you. But with scar tissue, all bets are off. There's like the the skin is so damaged Mm. that there's no way to know how it's going to take the ink. And I find that more often than, than not, when you tattoo over a scar, it tends to be an arrow pointing at the scar than a camouflage. Like people think that... If you tattoo over the scar, you won't see the scar anymore. But instead, it's like, what's wrong with that tattoo? Why is there this big lumpy thing in the middle of it? Mm. And I find that sometimes tattooing around a scar to kind of like take your attention away from it does more as far as distracting. Mm. No, like, you know, like not actually going over the scar. And like, you know, sort of putting something pretty like next to it. Right. Is usually a better way to go. Oh, okay. To like draw the the shiny. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Like you're drawing the attention away from the scar and. Mm-hmm. as opposed to like pointing it out to people. The respected wisdom is that you have to wait at least six years before you tattoo over a scar. Like it should be an oh. old, like that your skin continues to change underneath the surface even after your skin is really? healed. So that you can't, you shouldn't, like if you have something that happened like six months ago, it's not a good idea to tattoo over it because it's still changing underneath. Mm-hmm. Right, and so you don't, you can't really, like as the artist, you wouldn't be able to, you know, say what that will look like well, going forward. It's going to change yeah. for sure. Like, yeah. I mean, all all tattoos change over time, but that could change very dramatically in a short time. Right. Dude, you got a tattoo. <laughs> <laughs> so do you, dude? No. Oh. oh, dude, what does my tattoo say? Sweet. <laughs> what about mine? Dude, what does mine say? Sweet. What about mine? Dude, what does mine say? What your top three pet peeves are as a tattoo artist. Oh, God. Ooh, that's good. Um, my top three pet peeves. Body odor is a big one. Um, <laughs> no, you're fine. No, you're. trust me, you're fine. Um, body odor, I think, is my... like. Okay, so you're going to get your foot tattooed. Please don't jog to the tattoo shop in your seven-year-old running shoes and then take off your shoe and put it in my face. Not super cool. Mm. That is definitely a pet peeve of mine. Have you ever been like, go to the bathroom and wash your foot in the sink? I have hosed people down in alcohol. Like, hosed. Like, I dumped an entire bottle of alcohol on a dude's foot, and it did not make a difference. Like, it was like... When was the last time he washed his foot? I don't know. I have have definitely put peppermint chapstick on my upper lip like a coroner. Like, I have totally done that before um because you get real close to people and like people are pretty gross in general they are they're pretty gross and so i listened to your episode about body hair Mm -hmm. and which i'm i have like seven thousand questions so interested in that but um but like part of tattooing is removing whatever hair is in the area that you're tattooing and everyone has hair everywhere it's you're human that's part of it but a big pet peeve of mine is when people try to shave themselves before they come to the shop. So like a dude who has never removed his body hair shaves his own chest for the very first time. And then he comes into the shop and has like destroyed his body mm-hmm. because he doesn't know how. 
and it's like he's like I helped you and I'm like I didn't need your help like I wasn't I needed zero assistance and the opposite you did the opposite now you can't get tattooed today because this has to heal before I can tattoo over it like you like literally ripped your skin apart my three top pet peeves about people is body odor (laughs) just all three (laughs) body odor body odor body odor I think so and people's bad behavior in general you know I mean people are are tough yeah if you if you've ever worked in customer service, yeah. you know people are tough. Are they better though than in bars because you have a needle? Um, sometimes, I mean, I think when you, <laughs> I think when you hurt people, um, they when they're vulnerable, you see a side to them. As soon as you put your hands on them, you're touching them. There's an intimacy. You see a part of them that they probably don't show to their bartender. Mm-hmm. And for mm-hmm. most people, they are lovely and wonderful, and you get to know them, and it's awesome. And for a small percentage of people, they feel threatened and they become aggressive or mm-hmm. like verbally abusive or just nasty. I had a woman, um, I had a woman talking on her cell phone while I was tattooing her recently, and I charge by the hour. And when someone answers their phone, and people do this universally when they you can hear the conversation. So the person on the other end asks them, "What are you doing?" And they say nothing. And it's like this isn't the most important thing you're doing today. Right. Like, this feels like it should be like the most yeah. important thing you're doing today. And so I just roll my chair back and wait. Uh-huh. But the clock is ticking. Like I'm waiting. And if you want to talk on the phone for 15 minutes, that's totally your call. But I'm gonna sit here and wait. And, and this girl's like, "Oh no, no, you can keep going." And I'm like, "Oh no, no, I really can't." And she's like, no, no, you can. It's cool. And I'm like, it's nope. not It's not cool. Not at all. Get off your phone. And she was like, no, really, I'm going to insist. I'm like, no, really, I'm going to insist. Like, And I just wow. kept repeating everything she said <laughs> back to me. But it, like this, we went back and forth, and I was like, I can't tattoo you while you're on the phone. She's like, no, you can. And then I just kind of made the gesture to hand her the machine. Like, mm-hmm. oh, I'm sorry, I didn't realize you knew yeah. like, how to. And she was just like, oh, okay, I have to call you back. Wow. And I was like, thanks. And how was the rest of that session? Quiet. <laughs> Um, do you want to plug your Instagram? Or? Sure. Um, you can find me at Zoe Bean Tattoo, uh, basically across all social media platforms, zoebeantattoo.com. Uh, and the studio is the New Moon Studio on Instagram. Check us out. We're doing cool stuff. Go get a tattoo. Yeah, come get tattooed. Yay. It's a real fun place. <laughs> <laughs> that was yeah, great. Thank you great. so much for coming on. Thank you guys Yay. for having me. I'm very excited. Thank you for listening to Welcome to My Vagina. It's time for us to slide on out of here. God damn it. It doesn't sound right when I do it. I know. (laughs) Places you can find us. (laughs) On Instagram at Welcome to My Vagina. We're trying to get a thousand followers to tell your friends. And uh, Twitter at Welcome to My Vag. We also have a website, WelcomeToMyVagina.com, which leads you to my YouTube page. Also, yep. welcome by vagina. Uh huh. And there's a blog section where I have posted a couple of things, but we're also looking for writers. So if you have interesting opinions, if you are a person who wants to break into writing and wants to share your voice, we're looking for diverse opinions, all sorts of different people. We're basically looking know. for anyone who's not a cisgender man. Yeah. We, we definitely want you guys to be allies, but right now we're looking yeah. for other voices. Yeah. And also, we love uh, our white women peers but we're two white women sitting here so we'd love more diverse voices also thank you so much to our producer uh caitlin moldenhauer of more banana productions please check out all of the work from this all women network including world stealers there will be porn i'm listening with anita flores and awkward sex in the city with natalie wall which is coming to you in july 
Yeah, more banana production is killing it. Yeah, guys, we're kind of taking over the world. And don't forget to review us. And subscribe and tell your friends. Yeah. And we're going to have merch soon. Merch. I don't know why that word always makes me think of Merkins. Ooh. (laughs) Merkin merch. Also check out all of Rebecca's writing at franklyrebecca.com. Da-da-da! Da-da-da! Yeah! All right. See you next... Tuesday! (laughs) See you next Tuesday! (laughs) 